0: Welcome to the Insurance Brokers Podcast with your host, Sarah Meyerscoff. This business podcast is for ambitious brokers determined to grow their business. Our guests are highly experienced industry experts and innovators. This is the place to leverage their success, learn how to break through barriers to growth and discover
1: a community of support and ideas whilst growing your business. Welcome to this episode of the Insurance Brokers Podcast. Today's episode is a slightly different episode in that we are talking to cybersecurity expert Brad Fraser. Brad is the CEO of InfoProtect, and he's talking to us about cyber risks and how you can explain them to your clients. Good morning, Brad. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, today's episode. Today we're um, talking about cyber, cyber insurance, cybersecurity, everything cyber. And I'd love for you to give us an overview of who you are and, and, and what part you play in the world of cyber.
0: Great. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, um, I look after a company called InfraProject, We really situated in the UK and, and in South Africa. We've had about nine years experience in the IT industry, uh, looking after large corporates um, and, and obviously SMEs and the like. Our main focus is around cybersecurity, as, as the name obviously grabs you when, when we say it. Um, and, and we look at our customers and their customers alike in what they need to have in terms of cybersecurity protection. And it's a very, it's a very broad subject. So so typically, we like to simplify it quite a lot and make it understandable for for customers and, as I said, their customers uh, alike.
1: I think um, the simplification is really useful because one of the things that I come across a lot in in my work is when I'm talking to – so we do a lot of renewal surgeries and things like that with uh, insurance brokers and with their sales team – And obviously, cyber insurance is is a buzzword. It's a big add-on, and it's something everybody's looking to do. But there's there's often a lack of confidence in the sales process. And what I suppose I mean by that is understanding what a cyber risk is, how it might apply to that particular company, and being able to give stories and examples that really show that you understand where that business's risk is. And how you can minimise that risk through insurance. So, I wonder if you might—I wonder if we can really talk about that. What's your view on that? What sort of stories um, have you uh, seen in your experience? And and how do you how do you simplify what a cyber risk is?
0: Yeah, sure. As I said, it's it's a broad subject, but when when you look at it from an insurance perspective, and typically we we also are a customer of an insurance. Um, So we've gone through the same scenario when insurers have come to us and said, right, you need to have a look at this, you need to have a look at that to make sure you're insurable. And and a lot of it is around what is your security posture? In other words, what is your understanding and your awareness more than anything else of what your current security stature, as I said, or or posture is? Now, the, the easiest way to do that is to start with an assessment. And that assessment, once again, is a, it's a very simple process. And, and what we always like to do is look at it from a business aspect and not from an IT aspect because, and, and even though IT is involved, what you'll typically have is business people need the insurance done. They turn to IT and go, tell us what we've got. And they get a whole lot of answers and they give it to the insurer and say, right, that's what we have. Whereas... Business itself and management needs to take some responsibility for the cyber security awareness and what's actually sitting within their business. And as I said, a lot of it's very simple. It starts with some training, and um, and that training very much starts at your endpoint of who's who's the most um, involved in being being attacked. If I can call it from a cyber security point of view, and a lot of that is your employees. So. Have you done the necessary training for your employees to be aware of what they can be faced with? And it can be a simple thing like a phishing mail, clicking on a link that they shouldn't be, and and that type of thing. And it's putting those policies and procedures in place to make sure that the insurer will look at at your company favorably and go, right, we'll cover you. And, And that's the starting point. Awareness training for your staff is a very good starting
1: point. And that's got to apply to your, you know, your your very, very, your VSME all the way up to the top. In fact, we um, at at Boston Tullis, we had an email come through from my co-director's email to our virtual assistant, but it was from his personal email. And she was really, and, and it looked absolutely kosher and it it wasn't it was asking to transfer money from a to b and luckily she's very switched on had the relevant training and straight away emailed us and say this isn't right is it i think you need to check and we are you know we're only five or six strong uh in terms of our our core business model so um right from the very 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 small businesses all the way through that training is absolutely essential
0: absolutely and, and there's technology that can protect you as well you know, so there's systems out there. There's a there's a policy called DMARC, and the DMARC is it's a global standard, though it's not enforced completely. So a lot of companies aren't aware of it and they don't follow it. But the DMARC standard allows you to be protected against phishing mails, and that phishing mail is exactly what what your virtual assistant got. Someone your 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 um, e- email box domain was compromised, and suddenly you get a mail saying transfer some money and, and, and it looks totally, totally legitimate. And, and a lot of customers that we've had in the past have been taken for millions and millions of pounds purely because someone wasn't aware, they clicked on that mail and off they went. Mm. The next step is though, if they had that protection in place and they had followed that DMARC policy, there's a whole lot of other protections that, that would happen. So in other words that mail would not even have come through because if you think about it if you were and we had it we had a um, a company that looked after trust funds so can you imagine the brand reputation when money was transferred from one trust fund to another incorrectly because of a fishing mail? so a lot of it now comes what is your remediation and what should you be looking at to protect your brand and, and to protect your your, um, your company as such, because once again, imagine if Boston Tullis had sent a mail to, for example, us as a business and saying, please do the follow. And we go, Well, okay, we know who Boston Tullis is, and we'd click on it and off we'd go. And then only to find out that it was a fraudulent mail and the request was fraudulent, would create a whole a whole lot of, of brand reputational problems. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the cost that a lot of people aren't aware of mm. because they're saying, well, first of all, it's not going to happen to me. Well, I can tell you 31% of companies in, in the UK are being attacked on a weekly basis, and, and that's a, that's a firm statistic. And it's going to happen at some case. Statistics say that you are going to be the recipient of a cyber attack at some
1: stage. Has that increased through homeworking in the last 12 months?
0: Oh, very much so, very much so. Because people become complacent. So even though they go, well, I wouldn't normally have done this in work situation. Now I'm sitting at home, I'm very comfortable. I'm sitting in my dining room or wherever my home office is and it's set up. And I'm going through my mails and oh, there's something from Sarah. There's something from Brad. And, and you click because you're in that comfortable scenario. So it definitely has gone up a lot more. And it's also because the network is not not as secure as it would normally
1: be now that's that's something I mean I'm married to um, a network architect, right, but can I understand that whole process n- not a chance I, I really I, I really struggle with uh, n- technology stuff uh, in that respect so one of the things that i've I've spoken to a few people about who are similar to me is what can you be doing? if you are at home, so say you work for a big corporate and you've all gone home and you've got your work laptops, what 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 do you, else do you need to be looking for? Not just the emails, but what other major risks are there? Can somebody come into your sort of your home internet? And so actually being able to describe this as an insurance broker, being able to talk to your client who is large corporate to say, your staff won't know whether their home network is secure or whether that's doesn't matter because of the the intranet that they're working on you know can you explain that to us
0: so one of the and and once again to simplify the situation and yes it's not really your place to understand that but you need to be given the tools to to counter to counteract any attacks that you may get one of the first things are are passwords and i mean you see the various jokes going around you know what's your password it's like password one two three and and the like and and that's very very real Um, And and network administrators, and I wouldn't say your husband's one of them, but there are many network administrators out there that when they start off, they'll give a a username as admin and the password admin. And and that remains for the life of a particular server because no one's thought of going back as the businesses evolved and got bigger and bigger and bigger. No one's thought of going back and maybe do something uh, and, and change that. So that, that's one instance of that sort of thing happening. And I, I, we had a customer like that, exactly the same scenario, very loose password control. And a, um, an employee that had a virtual laptop had managed, not by any, any um, negligent way, but had managed to just access that network. And, and it was just sitting in the back, background on their computer. And they went to a, to, a, to a client, and their clients invested some large sums of money with them. And unbeknown to him, his PC got attacked, and through a ransomware attack, and from his PC, they got into the actual network and brought the entire network of this financial services company down. Fortunately, we did all their backups and virtual backups for them, and all site backups, for them and and we were able to restore it very quickly. And, and also um, mitigated the risk of, of any um, ransomware sitting there. But a very simple way around it for people sitting remotely is to two-factor uh, authentication when it comes to passwords. So you can use your normal password, and that's great, but then the next step is you will get a request to a cell phone or an email or uh, some other form of communication asking you to insert a one-time PIN. And that then mitigates or, or goes around the situation where even if you are attacked and people find out your password, they're not going to get past that, two, that two-factor authentication step. And, and we just had a case recently in, in one of my other businesses where we had to sign up for Cypress um, Insurance because we deal with large corporates and we've got all the information. And putting in two-factor um, authentication for all our remote staff was one of the first things that we put on our form to right uh, we covered in doing this type of thing. So it's a very important factor to look at. Yeah. yeah. So so for example, if you use Gmail and you use Cloud, the, the 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 Google Cloud to store all your information, your very first login onto your system needs to be handled with a two-factor authentication. So you need to get you need to get you can only get in. To your cloud situation by using two-factor authentication.
1: Okay, so um, I know a lot of SMEs, VSMES, use things like OneDrive or um, G Drive. So when you're sharing a folder within G Drive with, for example, a client, is is that something that requires? Should sh- can you share it with them and re- give them a password and tell them to, that they need a password to get in?
0: That will use two factor authentication on that as well.
1: All right. So, this is so we should be talking to your client about when discussing cyber. First is the type of risks that are there, how you can mitigate are with training, with password protect, two factor authentication, particularly in homework, homeworking. What other sort of major uh, things can you think of that might be of use when you are talking about cyber risk to your client? Sort of things to talk about.
0: I think the the key thing, or not think, I know the key thing is to have a proper assessment done of your environment. Now, that can be done by your internal IT staff, but you'll typically find IT staff and and, and in an SME, and even going up to a large SME, if I can call it that, your IT staff are typically generalists. So they'll know all about networking, they'll know all about your your endpoints and actually doing your, your desktop and, and all the likes of that, and possibly even backing up your data um, and and what to do with cloud and, and so on. But there's going to be very few general RT people that are cyber aware to the finite detail that they need to be. And sometimes it's just one little thing that may trip you up. So we always recommend, and so if you're a large company and you've got all your security layers and all that type of thing, you still need some other tools. You still need some education. And that education now is not about your, your general staff or your general employees, but it's your IT staff then that need to work with a, with a specialist and someone that can actually assess independently what they are doing. And that, that assessment can be done hand it to the IT staff, and then saying, here's your remediation um, process that you need to go through, and then do the various reports on it. But it's, the key thing with that, Sarah, it's not a one-time exercise. A lot of people think, well, I, I'm going to do it because I need to do it for insurance, and I've done my assessment. I've filled in all the forms. Um, I've got password, passwords worked out. Um, I've got my, my information in the cloud, so I should be secure, right? Well, maybe for, for today or tomorrow... But you need to have a look again and again and again, and reassess your situation. A lot of so, a lot of our customers, we and most of our customers, in fact, we won't take customers on unless we've got certain um, tools and processes in place. And you may have heard of this term, but patch management is a bit, is a very big thing. So you, you'll have the you have got the advantage of you must have heard your husband speak about it but a lot of people don't know what patch management is because they think, well, I've got Microsoft and I've got Microsoft Cloud, or I've got G Cloud, I've got these various things, and they're doing everything they need to do for me, right? Well, wrong, because they may be storing your information in that cloud, but they're certainly not promising you that your your information is secure. That's up to you as well. They're also not promising you that your information is backed up. That's also up to you. So people working with Microsoft 365 may think, well, I've got Office 365, Microsoft 365. I can go anywhere in the world, and I can plug my PC in, and I've got access to my tools. You're quite correct. But there in itself lies a, lies a challenge, because all your data is actually sitting in the cloud that's not being guaranteed that it's being backed up. So, back, backups are very, very key. And we've had many customers who have come to us and taken away the backup hand that that they faced with every day and give that away to a specialist so they can focus on what I would call the production environment, what they really have to worry about to make sure the employees are working and so on. So you've got the generalists, they can do all the good stuff, but they may not be backup specialists, they may not be cyber security specialists, and it's always wise that they they look outside the organisation sometimes for a, a bit of help and a bit of assistance for that. Mm. And as i said we've got very real examples of, of that being very worthwhile to do so the cost looks sometimes it looks onerous but i always say to to customers if you didn't spend that little bit of money and it's not expensive but if you didn't spend that um what what really will occur to your brand if something happens and your name gets splashed all over the country because you were exposed and your customer's data got exposed.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it is particularly in the world we live in and, and the sort of, dare I use the term digital revolution that's, that's really been speeded up through COVID and, and the way the whole world is going. I think really starting to understand your, your online risks is so critical for everybody so i think it's really helpful for me to be able to ask the uh the the real novice questions for my benefit as well actually so i really really appreciate that i think what might be quite a nice thing to sort of finish our sort of case studies that you might be able to give us a, a real life example that you've seen
0: so yes i so say no no customer names please because uh, some of them are, are fairly sensitive but You'll have the situation again that arose with one of our, our, our customers that was very pertinent. Ransomware was just coming out and people being aware of it. And your typical scenario arose, well, have you got your antivirus installed? Yes, you have. Is it a reputable antivirus and it's not something you've just downloaded for free? Because trust me, the free versions may look like they work and then there's a whole lot of risks that they don't cover. So it's always worthwhile spending a little bit of money on that. And then the key thing about it is, has it been implemented correctly? So once again, unless you're a specialist in that space of endpoint security, as we call it, and you you have followed the, the tried and trusted means of implementing, you're still going to be exposed to risk. So it's no good saying, well, I've got 600 PCs in my environment, home and at the office, and yes, I've deployed my antivirus, Actually find that you've only deployed it to 500 over 600. So it means that the 100 that you haven't deployed it to are at risk. And the minute there's a, a weak link, someone's going to come into that weak link and then penetrate you know, your network. And that's exactly what happened to one of our clients. So we had sold them the antivirus and we had offered them a managed service. And they said, that we fine, thank you. We all deployed ourselves. And we said, okay, great. And we moved on. And they got hit by ransomware. Fortunately for them, they had, they had followed the key, um, the key situation of having their data backed up, but not only having their data backed up on site, it was backed up off-site at our data centre, and then it was backed up to tape as well. So, And we keep 30 years of their, of their information because they're a financial services house, and obviously their information is, is critical um, to be able to be recovered at any particular stage. And that was a key thing. Their data was recoverable because we test it on a regular basis. So the key, the key around having a data backed up is can it be restored, is it restorable, and is it being tested at all times? So this customer was hit with ransomware. They hadn't followed our, our recommendations or the standard of, the standard that they should have done. We managed to re, re, do some remediation on, on their attack vectors and get that sorted out. And then we were able to back up their data, and all they had lost was a couple of days of, of transactions, and they were up and running again. But they got hit twice. We said, didn't follow our, our antivirus deployment uh, recommendations again, and they got hit again. and But I think they lived in, in the security of the fact that, well, no, they just backed up and infratech got it, so we should be okay. They were, but we kept, We said to them that the. The second time, please don't do this again. <laughs> Make sure that your your security is right, and that's just one small small uh, story that I can tell you about that particular realm of of of, of attack and and having your data backed up and secure.
1: I think that's really really interesting and also it's helpful when you are talking to people about their their cyber risks to be able to offer stories and real life examples and because it just makes something come alive a bit more doesn't it so absolutely so no I really really appreciate your time Brad I think that is incredibly interesting and if you don't mind what I might do is put your details in the show notes because if there are any brokers maybe that, that want to talk to you about, I don't know whether this even happens in your world, but a partnership or, you know, that kind of thing for any of their clients to be able to have an assessment or something like that, then I think that would be really, really useful. So if you're happy, I will do that.
0: Only a pleasure. We, we, we've got people around the country in the UK as well that we can obviously share information with and let them also deal with your, your customers and clients as necessary.
1: Fabulous. Thank you very, very much for your time.
0: A new pleasure, Sarah. Great talking to you.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed what you have heard, have any questions or feedback, please
0: leave us a review and we will be sure to get back to you. If you would like further information on how Boston Tullis Group can support your business, or if you would like to join us on an episode, please do not hesitate to contact us.